Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Jota, Dundalk and Cavan. Order your new 221 Renault today from our extensive Renault range. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. You're welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Coming up over the next couple of hours, David Sheehan looks ahead to the weekend in sport. The curtain falls on Fleetwood Mac with yours truly. Rick Cronje is here with a couple of cracking wines. A good book, you're looking for one? Yes, Margaret Madden is with us on Book Club Friday with our book of the month and more besides. And I have a wee riddle for you too. If you want to join with us on the show, don't forget the usual numbers 086 658 by WhatsApp or text. Or if you want to call in, it's 1850-715-958. Oh, Louise, I can't believe this. I just can't believe it because I never had the problem that you're going to tell us that you had <laughs> as a child. I have a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> no, but as a child. As a, and you know, we're, we're, the, what reminded Louise of this was tonight is Toy Show Night on RTE and I know everybody's getting ready for it and people just love this night every year and it brought to mind tell them what it brought to mind with you I just kind of I was outside it was after the show yesterday and there was myself and Jerry and Karen from reception and I said Karen did you ever ask Santi for anything and you never got it and uh, she was thinking and you kind of looked at us and go what are you talking about (laughs) yes because I have to say Santa Claus was always great to me whatever I wrote for he brought to me and maybe a little more besides right through my lifetime Karen said she got everything too but our Louise I'm going to cry and I have to say look at I was far from deprived. I yeah. wasn't left with an apple or an orange. I got tons of stuff every yes. year from Santa. He was great to me. But? But there was one year I asked for loads of stuff, but there was I asked for a Lolo ball. And a Lolo ball is, I suppose the best way to describe it, Jerry, is like the planet Saturn. It's like yeah. a ball with the ring around yes. it. And you stand yes. on the ring and yes. jump up and down. That's a great thing, so it is. Now, you have to be... Um, Skilled, you have. It's a skill you learn. It's a, to do with balance, isn't yeah. it? It's really to do with your balance that you have to get your balance right. And once you master it, oh my God, you see them going round it, and it's no bother. But Santa Claus, he, he didn't, didn't bring it to you. No. And it was, it was really the go-to toy of the year. I suppose it was the eighties, late eighties, and everybody was getting it. My best friend got one. My cousin got one. Half the class got one. And Santi forgot to bring me one. Oh, I wonder that it just slip his mind is it still somewhere in the bottom of the piles and piles of toys over the years that maybe just 
don't arrive mm. or, or what maybe, happened? Maybe, you know, because Santi does kind of, you know, he doesn't give you everything every year. He might have just thought, well, I was a bit clumsy. Oh. And he might have thought, well, you know, I better not give it to her in case she falls on the back ah, of her head. You see, Santa Claus does know everything mm. about every child. We have to say that he is all encompassing. He knows everything. You mightn't think that he does. Uh, you know, he watches and he, he knows and he sees and he has plenty of helpers as well to tell him. And they probably said, don't give that Welsh one that thing because her mother Patsy could be heading for Navin Hospital <laughs> with her. Would that be In a fair fairness, assessment? there are some people who think I was dropped in my head as a child even <laughs> earlier than that. But I'd say that's what happened. What did you get that year? I can't. I probably got would have got loads and loads of Cindy and Barbie yeah. and games, and I okay. got loads. It was okay. just the Lolo ball. Imagine it just stuck in my head like thirty odd years later. There you go. The Lolo ball didn't arrive to our Louise. If you're listening today, did that ever happen to you on Christmas morning that you arrived down and he'd come and he'd uh, taken the carrots for the reindeers and taken a supper beer for himself or milk or whatever you leave out, and when you got there. It wasn't there. Something wasn't there that your heart's desire was that you'd written to Santa for. Does that jog anything with you today? 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text us to the show. That's 086-1800-658 or 1857 if you'd like to call in. I believe you're not alone. Who have no. you for me there? I have Julie McBride who's, who's going to tell us why she was oh, Santa forgot to bring oh, her something. So at least there's a little bit of solace for our Louise. Hello, Julie. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What happened? Tell us. I'm I'm still not I'm still not over it. I'm going to be honest, <laughs> but I wrote to Santa for about three years straight asking for a baby doll changer. So it was one of these changing kits that you changed your baby doll on, and it never arrived. But I have to be honest and say I I really agree with you. Sometimes Santa doesn't bring you what you ask for. He brings you what you need. He doesn't necessarily always bring you what you want. So like the year that I really wanted it, I got instead, I'm a twin, so my sister got the kitchen and I got the dining kind of cupboard set. And we had the best. I mean, we knocked more play out of those two things. So I do believe Santa does know best. And as I always say to the kids, you know, sometimes you don't always get the answer you want. But it's just, the answer was no. You just didn't want to hear it. So I think Santa sometimes will look at the list and say, do you know what? I don't think she's going to enjoy this baby doll changer as much as she's going to enjoy this and play with her sister. So I think he is very, very smart. There you go. You really, you know, have worked this out. And did you work it out like that back then when you were a little one? No. Or were you? No. No, no I was no. devastated. Ah. I was very annoyed with him because I was so good. And I really had behaved very well, but yeah. I, I just was like, why isn't he bringing me this baby doll changer? It's what I want. Uh, but in my adulthood, and I look back and I'm like, yeah, I know I wouldn't. I probably would have knocked a few hours out of it and got bored with it. Whereas the other stuff he brought was far better um, put to use. So <laughs> any little kiddies out there, if Santa doesn't bring you what you want this year, please understand that. Yes. He knows you better and he just knows that there's something else that you actually really, really need as opposed to want. So So you got the kitchen instead of the doll changer. Did that uh, transfer through life? Are you decent in the kitchen? I'm just trying to think years on from the play kitchen. Are you good in the kitchen? I'm going to be very honest and tell you I married a chef. Uh. So I'm a very smart woman because I married a chef who actually doesn't like sweets or sugar. So I never have to share my chocolate and he cooks incredible dinners. So I've really hit 
the <laughs> ultimate husband jackpot. Maybe it was an, an omen, a portent. You know what I'm saying? That the kitchen in years yeah. uh, later would lead you to a man who was excellent in the kitchen. There you go. You he never is, know. but you know what? I just think Christmas is about the magic of it all. Yes. And I think that it's not about the things. And mm. there's been years where I've I've been a single mom with two kids. And do you know what, guys? Any little kids out there, trust me, it's all about the people you're with. And for me, that's always my focus at Christmas is it's always about the magic and the wonderment of it. And my kids now are 14 and 17 and we focus on the magic of Christmas and doing for other people as well is really more important to me. And that's what makes Christmas magical. Oh, my God. Our hearts are melting as we listen to you. But it is true. It is the essence of the season and it's not the quantity or the amount. It's the thought. It's the interaction with people. It's those little gestures that make all of the difference. Anyway, Julie, keep dreaming. Maybe someday you'll get it still. Don't give up. We're always children at heart. You know that. That's it, exactly. Thank you so so much for joining me on the show. Oh, isn't that lovely? Let me read some of the other comments coming to us on Late Lunch this afternoon. You're great. Keep them coming. If you have a memory of wakening Christmas morning and maybe there wasn't something there that you had your heart set on. Oh, look at this one here. Audrey Gallagher says to me, I'm still waiting for that Wonder Woman costume with all the powers it had. It never came, Audrey. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Wonder Woman with powers. Isn't that an absolutely great one? Carolyn Smith says, Mr. Frosty, I asked for every single year and to this day I've been ignored by Santa Claus. Oh, Carolyn. Ah, oh, Mr. Frosty never came for herself. What about Paula Fulham? Paula says, Jerry, I got Dustin the turkey and I still don't understand why I got him. Never asked for him, but he arrived anyway. God, I'd say there was plenty of chatter from Dustin the turkey for sure for you, Paula. Uh, Laura Butterley has been on. Thank you, Laura, for your message today. Mr. Potato Head never came, but Jerry, my younger sister, got one. My younger sister, and I still haven't forgiven her for it. There you go. Laura, thanks indeed for getting in touch. Keep them coming. 086-1800-658 for your WhatsApps or text this afternoon. Anne Brady wants to have a word with me. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. What happened in your case on the Christmas morning? What age were you? I was about eight. Right. About eight. I'm 58 now, so 50 years. <laughs> um, I had asked Santi for a teddy bear. And right. I was excited about getting a teddy bear. And uh, instead he left me a blue dress. And when I questioned my mum, why didn't Santi, you know, like I was talking to her and I just said, why didn't Santi leave me a, a teddy bear? And she said he probably ran out the open bridies because she had more kids in her house <laughs> than what we had in ours. So. <laughs> That's a great explanation because, you know, look, let's and let's call a spade a spade on the sleigh and all those bags. He has a certain capacity and that's a, a fairly logical one. Did you believe her? I did. Good. I did. Good. Yes, indeed. Yeah. No choice. <laughs> so they got their teddies and you didn't get yours. And I, tell no. tell me about the blue dress. What was the significance of the blue dress? I, do you know what? Myself and my sister, we got blue dresses that year. Right. Um, 
I don't know why, to be perfectly You dressed honest. up in them, like as yeah. children and ah, they... Yeah. It was a Sunday dress. Oh, I see. Dress, yes, you know yes, I mean? yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And, yeah. and did, you, did you ever get the teddy subsequently? I didn't get a teddy until I started working and on my first pay packet I bought myself a teddy. <laughs> <laughs> there you are, Santa. Bad scramps to you. You forgot me, but I'm going to look after myself now that I can find my own way in life. Have you still got the teddy? <laughs> I do. It's, it's pride of place. The kids didn't even get to, to play with it now when they were young. It's mine. Really? It's been mine. <laughs> and, you might, and you still have it to this day from the, from the day you bought it. What I colour do. is the teddy? He's uh, cream. Oh, cream. lovely, lovely. And that's a no-go area. That's sacrosanct. That's yours, oh. Anne, and nobody else's. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you think of Christmas, if, you, if we were to put you on the spot now, and I know you're not expecting this, when Santa was arriving and each year went by, what was the best thing you ever got from Santa Claus? Um, it was a doll that she used to put discs into the back of and she used to sing. Lovely. That was a huge thing now at that yeah. time. Oh, that was that was the in thing, was it? Yeah, it was. It was. Now that's a lot of years ago as well. Now, but uh, yeah, the one that I remember. Yeah. And what would the doll sing? Do you remember any of the songs? Oh, God, no. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I did an hour ago. <laughs> You're a bit like myself. There you go. But you put these little things in and the, you put a different one in for a different song. Was that the yeah. idea? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 There you go. So that's the one you'll always treasure. That's always with you as yeah. something you yeah. received that was a great surprise. Ah, it's yeah. magical, isn't it? Christmas morning uh, absolutely. and waiting absolutely. for Santa and that. The magic always remains and moves on through the generations as well. And you're so good. Thank you for taking our call today on the no show. Problem. No Take problem. care of yourself. Have a nice weekend. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Anne Brady there telling us her story. That doll. Do you remember the name of that doll, or do you recall that Louise with it? I kind of remember yeah? some kind of discs for, that my older sisters had. Yeah, but I don't remember the doll. I just remember a, a kind of a circular disc, and you yeah. just put it in and press a button and she, they'd sing a song or something. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I'm I am loving, oh, I'm loving the messages. Listen to this from Helen and Trim. My son asked Santa and had his heart set on a bomber jacket. Bomber Do you know jacket. the, yeah, the yeah, bomber yeah. jackets? Yeah, Kevin in Coronation Street has been wearing one of them for about 20 years. <laughs> Listen, I shouldn't laugh, Helen. Santa brought him a toy bomber plane <laughs> instead. <laughs> Oh my God! He was happy though. He says he was happy. He he didn't get the jacket, but he got the plane, and he was very happy. And he still has it. He has it. He still has it to this day. The bomber oh jacket or God. the plane? No, the plane. He has the plane. <laughs> <laughs> because he, he said, the Mammy Helen said, "Oh, he must know. He just heard bomber, <laughs> and he brought you an airplane. The jacket must have slipped out of the letter, but that they wrote to Santa Claus. I love it, Helen. Keep them coming to us. Oh, you have to six. make sure you write in capital oh, letters. Are really nice. Concisely, concisely. And get those letters. Make sure if you haven't got them away, I was looking at on post-postal dates. Boys and girls, get those letters written soon and away to the North Pole because post will be heavy this year. It always is. To the man in red with the big white beard. Little Angela MFM Radio. Jerry, when I was eight, says Paul from Cavan, I wanted a bike. And I opened every present in the morning and it wasn't there. 
I was absolutely devastated. But guess what, Jerry? It turns out Santa did deliver the bike, but down the wrong chimney. It was in my granny's house. What joy. Oh, I love that, Paul. You see that? He might... With sat-nav now, that wouldn't happen, would it? No, no, I think... Oh, with postcodes or air codes, he'd have to hit the right house, wouldn't he? I'm sure he would. I love this one. Absolutely love it. Listen, this comes in from Natalie Doyle Bradley. My husband, Colin wanted an evil Knievel and never got one. Do you remember those, Louise? Evil Knievel. You know, I do evil. remember evil yeah. Knievel, yeah. Uh, about 20 years later, Santa left a battered brown paper parcel wrapped up in string with a note. 20 years later, no. the note said that Santa had found it in the bottom of his sleigh and he was sorry it was delayed. <laughs> wonder, I wonder will I get a loan up all this you year could, then? Now, I'm just thinking the very same thing here. That's what I said to you. Never give up things often like look at the millions of things he has over the years and the thing can get stuck down the side of the sleigh you might get that low low ball yet you never know Louise you never know I'll buy a helmet just in case oh do and (laughs) and knee pads and elbow pads and everything else I'll wrap the duvet around me Anyway, you ready for the riddle on Friday? Mm. Now, this is so easy, Louise. Don't answer. Don't give it away. Riddle on Friday. Lovely little prize to give away. Answers, please. 086-1800-658 with your name and details and the answer. Listen carefully. I will say it only once. No, I won't. I'll give it to you another time, I promise. I'll say it now anyway. Here's the riddle. Mr. Blue lives in the blue house. Mr. Pink in the pink house. Mr. Brown lives in the brown house. Who lives in the White House? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658. Mr. Blue lives in the Blue House. Mr. Pink in the Pink House. Mr. Brown lives in the Brown House. Who lives in the White House? 086-1800-658. It's a giveaway this week. It really is, I have to say. Back to your sad Santa stories. You know, we're talking today about Christmas morning and if you wrote to Santa for something it was your heart's desire and it didn't arrive and there are people it's happened to there are Louise and others besides Jerry. there were six of us in our family one sister got everything the the other sister only got her knee-high boots she bawled for hours until we discovered later in the day her brand new bicycle outside the house Uh, it's probably too big to come down the chimney and uh, our texter says Santa might have had too many beers in other houses before he got to ours he could have that can happen as well but he's generally he's generally keeps within the limits you know that yourself Jerry I wrote to Santa last year looking for Arsenal's new kit and guess what arrived? A Liverpool jersey. Oh, there's somebody really trying to get at me. Do you know what? Santa knows his football. He does. He really does, I have to say. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text to the show. It's Boot Club Friday. There's only one woman for us. It's Miss Margaret Madden. Hello, Margaret. Hi, Jerry. How are you keeping? I'm really good. Thanks for joining us again on the show. I'd say you're a woman that always got what you wrote to Santa for. Well, yeah, I kind of did. I was Cindy mad, so it was something for Cindy dolls every year. You know, big three-story house and everything. A girl can dream. Oh, listen, I knew that he'd never let you down. You never let us down either, may I say. Welcome back to the show. Let's begin. Oh, you've picked a lovely one for your book of the month. Tell them what it is. 
I did. It's uh, Claire Keegan's latest and it's called Small Things Like These. Now, this woman is well known for short stories and this is a short type of novel as well, based in the southeast, round the Wexford, that type of area, New Ross, uh, this book is. And the central character, the protagonist, is the father of a family called Bill Furlong. Yeah, and he is a coal and a timber merchant. So um, it's 1985, it's um, the week leading up to Christmas, so obviously he's really, really busy. And I mean, in the 80s, remember, times were really tight, um, interest rates were through the roof, we were really struggling financially. So he's kind of just noticing everybody as he's doing his deliveries who, who can't even afford the coal. But one of the places that he does deliver to is up to the nearest Magdalene Laundry. Um, or the mother and baby home, as they, as they know it there. And as he's delivering the coal, he finds a, a young girl in the coal cellar, locked in the coal cellar, absolutely freezing, barely able to walk, starving, and just crying for her baby. So it's just basically, his. He, what does he do? Like, how does he react to this? It's not something that's talked about in the village. He doesn't really know how to take it. He he goes up to the nuns and they don't want to talk to him about it. He needs their money. He needs to keep them on his side. So it's, he's really torn. Also, he's torn because he was brought up by uh, a woman who had him out of wedlock mm. and she was um, a cook in the big house. And very luckily for her, back in the 70s, 60s and 70s, this woman kept the, her, her housekeeper on with the child and they all kind of grew up together in this beautiful house. So he really is torn. It's a beautiful, tender book now, I have to say. And short, as you said, it's like 150 pages or something. And every page is beautiful. Yeah, that's the thing about this. And of course, it is the crux of the matter. And this, and we won't give it away. You've got to get this book and read it. It is beautifully written and concluded as well. Right through it. You're right, Margaret. Every page holds you. But the, the real tension in this book comes from the dilemma he faces. What does he yeah. do? Yeah, and, well, you know, it's head over heart. He needs to support his family. He needs to, you know, and, and that would mean saying nothing and ignoring what's going on in the Magdalene home. Or does he do something and and reveal his own past? Mm. It must have resonated with you because you spoke to us about your life story, uh, you know, at a young age having a baby on the show. I'll never forget it when we talked about it here. It It really must have touched you. It did. I mean, anything to do with those mother and baby homes really touches everybody in the country anyway, I think. Yeah. But for me, it's a little bit more poignant because I managed to avoid one by the skin of my teeth, mm. like literally by the skin of my teeth. And, and that was because I had supportive parents. Yes. And if it hadn't have been for them, I'd there, but for the grace of God, go I. Mm, mm. Anyway, it is, you, you'll skip through this book. You won't put it down when you pick it up. It, it is simply beautiful. It really yeah. is. Uh, I will literally be buying copies for everyone this Christmas. <laughs> there <really>. you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, now that says an awful lot of our Margaret is doing that. She really rates it highly and she knows you will love it too. So our book of the month on Late Lunch this month Picked by our Margaret Madness, Small Things Like These by Claire Keegan. And it's widely available at the moment, so it is. And you will not go wrong uh, when you pick up that book. Now, let's move on to your next recommendation. And, um, you know, I have to say about this, it's dealing with death, but... So the book is what, Margaret? It's by Anne-Marie Horahan, and it's Sorry for Your Trouble, The Irish Way of Death. 
Now, this is a subject, it's a sensitive subject and it's death is taboo in many people's book, in an awful lot of people's book, to be honest with you, but it's inevitable for all of us. She's handled this well, hasn't she? She has, but I think that um, probably going back to, um, was it Nula Ofuelan that, that spoke to Marion Finucane years yep. ago about, about uh, you know, we have to face our death. We have to realise it's part of life. Um, so that's a kind of a seminal discussion that's been going on for the kind of the past decade. And the more I read about it, you know, as it's part of my thesis, um, the more I, I can't understand why we don't talk about it more. It's, it shouldn't be taboo. And so what she's done is she has, you know, she's a journalist. So she, she has gone and got stories of, of all aspects of the Irish way of death. So she goes into um, a respite home and, and speaks to someone who is dying and to the staff and the family. Um, she goes to an undertaker's and watches the embalming of a body. She goes uh, to a burial. She goes to many, many funerals of all different types, everything from from suicide to murder to old age. Um, she goes, she certainly concentrates on the end, end of life cases and, and their wishes and how they're planning their own funerals. And, and then there's the whole COVID thing, what funerals were like during COVID. And then, um, unfortunately, her own father, the loss of her own father is in there too. So it's a little bit of everything. But you know what? Parts of it are absolutely hilarious as well. Mm. You know, um, the, the Irish way with death does always involve humour. Yes. Um, we all know we've been to funerals and wakes where they're giggling in the corner and the stories are being told. And yeah, we do have a very, very special way of dealing with death. Yeah. And it should be it should be something we embrace. Yeah, it's uh, a way of dealing with it and processing it as well. I, I just look, she uh, two of the high-profile funerals she attended, Larry McKee um, in, in Belfast and uh, singer Tom Mc, Big Tom McBride, she was at yeah. his as well. You know, they were, were high-profile ones. But uh, is, is the case you're talking about, uh, and it really makes a huge impact, is that Bernie Brady Walsh? Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the final weeks open. of her life. Yeah, we open up with her in the respite home, so she yes. knows she's dying, and and they they become very very close friends because they spend so much time together. Mm. So you know that that is fabulous. But then you have the very jarring opposite in the middle of it, where you you two uh, drug cartel funerals <clears throat> mm. up in Darndale and Coolock, um, uh, where it was like who could outdo each other the most at their funerals? You know, with with the size of it and the the dressing and it was nearly like a wedding, you know, over yes. over the top. And and it, there's a conversation about why do we glamorise drug deaths and in comparison to the humble death that say Bernie is going through. Mm. Um, so it's very insightful, very very clever. And then also looks back at the history of the Irish funeral, which of course you know I know a wee bit about, mm. and the, the stories way back from folklore. So it's fabulous. Yeah, you're on the money here again this week. Again, uh, you know, it, it, this uh, is interwoven with your life and your studies and that as well. Mm. Um, but but I, I have to say, empathy, uh, sensitivity, fun, it, it's all in there, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the cover quote on it here from Fintan O'Toole, who's such a legend, and he just succinctly says, it's funny, brilliant and deeply moving. Mm. I think that does sum it up perfectly and it's highly recommended by Margaret Madden. It's her second pick this month. It's Sorry for Your Trouble 
by Anne-Marie Hurahin and another one worth picking up uh, for the Christmas, with the Christmas in mind. mind, Now, now, here we go, here we go. This is a lovely book, the next one, I have to say. And and in a way, when when you tell them the title, the title is a bit of a, uh, you know, a diversion, really. Tell them what your third pick is. It um, is Lost Dog by Kate Spicer. Yes, Lost Dog, a, a love story. And there is a dog in this story. The dog is central to the story, isn't he? Yeah, the dog is on the cover with the author, Kate Spicer. <laughs> yeah. He's such a gorgeous dog. He's a real scruffy lurcher and oh, adorable. But anyway, Kate Spicer is a lifestyle journalist, you know, mm. so she writes for the likes of the Irish Times and for the large, glossy magazines. Yes. And basically she... Uh, sorry, I have a bit of a tick on my throat since so I start coughing. Ignore me. You're okay. Um, it's it's a memoir <coughs> about um, basically it's about redemption and change and love. She was like a party girl in her forties, superficial life as she called it, with drugs and booze and just this constant trying to keep up with the Joneses and her 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 boyfriend um, that she lived with is the complete opposite, you know, real straight laced. And as she'd be coming in absolutely hammered from her nights out, he'd be just out of the shower going out to work. So they had a very strange, kind of a lonely existence. So for some random reason, she decides to foster a dog. And along comes Wolfie. And within days, her whole life has changed. Wolfie goes everywhere with her. Unlike Ireland, where you can't bring your dogs anywhere, over in the UK, you can. Mm. And he literally goes to parties, excuse me, to restaurants. And she's going to a wedding, so she decides to leave Wolfie with her brother to mind so she can go for the night. And she gets a phone call at the wedding to say that the dog has run off. Oh. Yeah. Now, I mean, in the central of London, it's not like the dog would run off and draw it and you'd put up a note on Facebook and somebody... <laughs> or <find> LMFM. Yeah. <laughs> find a dog. <laughs> yeah. So this is, you know, down in Notting Hill area and um, the dog, that's where she's where she lives with, with Kate Spicer. But of course, the brother's house isn't in that part of London. So the dog would have no idea where it was going. Hmm. So this leads to not only her search for her dog, but her search for her meaning and why she loves the dog so much. Yeah. And basically, the whole of London gets involved because the hashtag starts on Twitter, find Wolfie, and people are phoning in anonymous tips, and she's <laughs> running around at all hours of the night looking for the dog. It's so uh-huh. funny and really clever. And I listened to this one on audiobook, so it was the author's voice, which I, you know I love. Yes. Yeah, oh, listen, this yeah. book is really fun, folks. And, and it, yeah. it, it is, the dog is central to it, you're right. But the, 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 the Twitter thing sets in train, you know, a whole different aspect. And of course, as you said there, she hasn't been married. She has no children. Uh, she lives the single life, wild and free. But funny, mm. with the dog disappearing, it does start to make her think, about where she is, doesn't it? And where she's going. It does, and it makes mm. her realise what love really is, which yeah. is really also for the poor boyfriend because she's kind, of, <laughs> kind of implying that she didn't love him as much as she loved the dog. But yes. No, yes. Yeah. It's a great read. Really ah, great there you go, folks. Lost Dog, a love story by Kate Spicer, again with the five stars from Margaret. And to finish off today, um, you're moving to a different genre, Young Children, a picture book, Nicola Colton, A Dublin Christmas. You adore this book I do listen I don't think you're ever too old for picture books are you you know no. and my kids are too old that they don't obviously must bed for a reading session but this arrived in the post and when I opened it and I saw this absolutely beautiful illustration little girls flying up around the streets of Dublin 
um, I just had to, I literally sat down and read it cover to cover. And I keep reading it. I keep taking it back out. It's a gorgeous story about Orla. And it starts off with a picture of her and her house. Um, she's a mixed race family. So her, her dad, I, I don't know, her dad is black and her mom is white. And she says Christmas means grand. To me, Christmas means grand. But unfortunately, grand lives abroad and there's no flights. And the flight is delayed. So she's devastated, this little one. And she's her tree looks wrong because she always normally uh, decorates it with her granny and to her special fairy lights aren't working and the power goes out in Dublin and just in her it, to kind of she goes to bed really sad missing her gran but this kind of twinkly fairy light comes to life and brings her on a journey through Dublin at night mm. and they cast light along you know famous, famous landmarks so they go into the National Library and they go to the GPO to post a wish and you know all she wants is her gran and and the tr- the tree lights and everything. It's the sweetest, cutest book that you ever get for Christmas. I swear. Anybody who has kids, grandkids, or in you know yeah. anyone who even loves reading yes. um, to kids, definitely I would recommend this one. A Dublin Christmas by Nicola Colton is Margaret's final recommendation today. And reminding you again, her book of the month is Claire Keegan's book Small. Things like these. Margaret, brilliant as usual. And you have one more task task to do for us on Late Lunch this year. That is to name your book of the year and bring us a few more recommendations ahead of uh, the Christmas time. And we'll look forward to hearing from you then. Thanks a million, Margaret. You're welcome. Talk to you soon, Jerry. Bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's our book reviewer on Book Club this Friday, Margaret Madden. Tom Grennan little bit of love on your late lunch this Friday afternoon that's from uh, this year that one reached number 7 in the UK charts great old song isn't it really is little bit of love lots of love on late lunch always there really is back to your uh, Christmas morning moment when what your heart's desire was set on didn't arrive Louise I love this one from Patricia Butterley it's so timely she looked for a Garth Brooks tape right mm-hmm. tape yeah the tape arrived and everything packaged up in the box put it into play it was dust in the turkey <laughs> oh the poor woman god bless you Patricia from Garth Brooks to dust in the turkey mind you you had a Eurovision representative <laughs> which you wouldn't have known about at that stage on your tape sometimes I thank god for unanswered <laughs> prayers huh uh, Catherine Brady asked for Penguin Race for seven years in a row and didn't get it. I'd love oh, to know Catherine. what Penguin Race is. What is Penguin Race? I don't race? know. I don't know what it is either, Penguin Race. Can you clarify that for us, folks? What is Penguin Race? Oh, Catherine, if you're listening or tuned in to us at the moment, we'd love to find out what it is. Yep, says Catherine Feehan. I asked for a reborn and Santa brought me a power poof girl. Can you help me on that? No. No, no I Newborn can't. doll, reborn? Reborn. It must Power be a poof. doll or something. And Power Poof Girl came instead. Poof. 
well there you are <laughs> you got something I know when your heart is set in a reborn and it doesn't arrive listen to this lovely one from May in Dundalk hello May thanks for getting in touch with us today on the show my sister asked for a handheld video game okay and it didn't arrive on Christmas morning Christmas afternoon we always moved into our front sitting room oh I know the front sitting room the good room, the good room. and we <laughs> lit the fire and lo and behold there was this toy stuck in the sitting room up the sitting room fireplace <gasps> fell out of the bag oh must have fallen out of Santa's sack and him and his way down mm-hmm. and got stuck there there you go oh you know the good room at Christmas yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking room. about the good yeah. room go in and light the fire and then it was you, only opened at Christmas only opened oh. at Christmas and you weren't allowed in on pain of death any other day that room was locked all the, time. Yep. all the ornaments were and the fire and the pictures and everything was kept nice and mm. you just couldn't go in there. I wonder did everyone have a good room? Oh listen, most when people. When did it stop? Well if you only had, if you only if you lived in the house I lived in <laughs> you lived in every room because yeah. downstairs you had one room at the front and the kitchen at the back and then upstairs there were three bedrooms and mm. that was it. So your good room? <laughs> oh, no such thing. But I'm sure in a lot of houses you're right. There was a good room. We you always know, had a good room. Had you? In our old house. Oh, you were posh. Yeah. In our posh. old house. You're Not posh. when we moved. When we moved, but I remember we were in a house until I was five and we had a good room and it had like velvet curtains. I always knew she was posh. She's trying to explain it away now. The Walshes had a bad, had a good room. The Kellys had nothing. We had nothing. <laughs> we were I looking suspect room. my mother hid in the good room. <laughs> to get away from you. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> she certainly hid from Louise. I know that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> she's still hiding from me <laughs> I think she's not she loves your debates late lunch LMFM radio coming up after the break will you have your book now a nice little glass of white or red would go nice wouldn't it well Rick Cronje's the man and he's with us next you may or may not have heard but there's a family homeless in Dundalk there was a serious fire at their home on St Nicholas Avenue on Tuesday and as a result, uh, the, the mum and dad and five children are homeless. Now, the house needs a lot of work to get them back in there uh, a lot. That's going to take time. And they have nowhere to go at the minute. They're urgently looking for somewhere to rent. Does anybody know around Dundalk where there's so much to rent that two adults and five children who've lost a lot in a house fire and can't go back there for some time could rent or avail of at the moment. If you do, please contact Wayne on 87 That's 87 Wayne would be delighted if anybody out there can help at all. And we have that number of our usual numbers here, 185715958, if you can help at all. Now, moving on on late lunch, we've the books covered off. We're going to get you settled at a nice fire and a glass of white or red sitting beside you would be just lovely. Yes, he's back with us. He's our wine guru, Rick Cronje. Hello again. Hello, Jerry. Thanks very much for joining me on the show. Well, Rick, I thought it was last of the summer wine was long over, but I'm mistaking you're going to tell me. And Yep, you are, Jerry. And uh, I, again, yeah, we thought we got the last one out of the last two uh, uh, sessions. But here we go again. Beautiful, beautiful one. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc this time, 2020 from New Zealand. Uh, lovely. And the wines today, starting with the white and the red to come, all from Tesco. You, when you went up there, I believe, uh, pooching round as you do, it was a hive of activity. 
It was, Jerry. There was all sorts of things going. They're obviously getting ready for the Christmas stuff. Labels changing, you know, bargains galore. And uh, very pleasantly surprised that we got both these wines now, each one for a tenner. Well, you won't whack that for sure. Ten euro. Let's start with the white. As you mentioned there, New Zealand, Brancott Estate, Sauvignon Blanc, 2020, ten euro. Now, I've learned something uh, from you, as I always do, learn loads. But at one time, I was a big fan of Montana wines, and they just seemed to disappear into nowhere, Rick. You have the explanation. I do, Jerry. Um, and you're right, Montana was a big, big name there not that long ago either. Um, and they have a lovely history. Obviously, they're from Blenheim and Marlborough is, is where they uh, started off. And um, it, it, it originally in 1934 by Croatian immigrants, uh, Ivan and Amanda Jukic. And um, they sold their first ones in 1944. Um 1961, uh, the two sons joined in and they changed the uh, label to Montana Wines. And at one stage, uh, they were uh, so big, they controlled 60% of the domestic wine sales in New Zealand. And of course, the exports that go with it. Mm. But yes, in 2010, they sold to uh, Pernod Ricard, and we all know how big they are. they all over the world and, and various. And they rebranded uh, the name to Bancrot Estate. Okay. Uh, because they thought there'll be confusion with the state of Montana. But of course, they operate in America as well. So yes. that was the reason for the change. Yes. I see. So that's where it went, just the change because of the perhaps the conflict with the state name in the States. So Montana became Brancott Estate from then on. And uh, uh, Perno Ricard, uh, these are the people who own them now. Correct. They own them now. And uh, that's the name that they use now, the brand name Bancroft Estate. Correct, Jerry. And Pernod Ricard would be well known for, you know, uh, uh, brands like Jemison, Powers, Redbreast and Middleton, all that type. What, whiskey as well as wines. Yes, they do. They, they you know, they, they, they are drinks industry, so they cover all this. And yes, uh, uh, the Irish distillers here would be a subsidiary of Pernod Ricard. And of course, they own Jacob Street and Campo Viejo. Yes. As well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's them contexted. Let's get back to this wine, Sauvignon Blanc 2020, a young wine. You always like to drink the whites at a, at a young age. Describe it for us, colour-wise, on the nose, on the palate, Rick. Yes, uh, on the colour. It's, it's light yellow in colour, some hues of green into it there. Uh, on the nose, Jerry, full of citrus, grapefruit, almost pungent, very strong uh, on it. Uh, on the palate, crisp, full of tropical fruit flavours. You've got guava, you've got pineapple, grapefruit, a complete mixed bag there. Um, it's light in body, but it's really bold enough for those flavours to come through uh, on the taste. And um, it's actually got a quite a nice dry finish, but the acidity, which we always talk about, is so well balanced in it. A real, real lovely drinking wine, uh, Jerry. Ah, uh, well, then I take you could quaff it by itself, or maybe add it to something light. Yes, definitely on its own. Um, 
I had it with goat's cheese on crackers, and it was absolutely stunning to go with it. Mm. And uh, I can tell listeners I got that goat's cheese in super value, and it was a euro for a tub, and I ate two of them. <laughs> Good on you, Rick. It must have been lovely, and the match, a match made in heaven with this beautiful wine. So for a tenner, folks, it's available from Tesco as we speak. New Zealand, Brancott Estate, Sauvignon Blanc, 2020, and highly recommended by Mr. Rick Cronje, who absolutely loved it. Now, you move from the White Isle to the Red Isle in Tesco, and by God, you've come up with a big, bold wine here for a tenner too, Rick. Oh, this is a stunner, Jerry, and you're absolutely right. It's big, it's bold, and uh, there's no doubt about it. Food and water with this, Jerry, absolutely no question about it. Uh, yes, it's from Spain, La Rioja, um, and it's from the Alavesa uh, region, bearing in mind that uh, the Rioja region is broken down into Alta Oriental and Alavesa sub regions, as we've explained in previous programs. This is the Faustino, very well known, uh, Reserva Rioja. And a very interesting mix here. We are very used to it being just Tempranillo. In this case, it's Tempranillo 92% and Mazuela, which is a local variety, 8%. And it just takes that little bit of uh, uh, strength brings it with it into the Tempranola, and you'll definitely pick it up on this one. It's a 2015. 2015, six years of age, four or ten. Now, the effort, just explain from 2015 where this wine has been. There's some work has gone into producing a bottle of it. Fantastic work, Jerry, and I'm glad we can explain to listeners there because after it was harvested, the grapes were literally just left for 10 days to start the fermentation. Everybody knows that you leave grapes in your home there and eventually the fermentation will kick in automatically. Then the maceration, which was on its own skins for 20 days, that is now where the, the wine, bearing in mind that uh, red wine gets its color from the skins. So they uh, the left for 20 days to draw the color and all the flavors from the skins. And finally, it was put into oak barrels for 16 months. Then it was bottled, and the bottles were kept for another 24 months. Mm. So there you go. And that's what, when we hear people talk about bottle age, that's what we we mean by it. Yes. My word, that is some process. And six years on for a tenner. You absolutely love this wine. I do, Jerry. I think it's a fantastic wine. Uh, you know, it, it's one of the few wines where, as you say, it's six years old, where we now can see wine at its full potential rather than, well, give it another two or three years and it'll be different. Mm. This, I say, it's at its peak now. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And the Faustino name is well known. They go back a long way to, what, the 1860s. And, uh, yes. you know, their, their, their stable of wines are so appreciated everywhere. It is, Jerry. I mean, they well known all over the world. Uh, they Now they cover about 650 hectares in total. Oh, absolutely. You know, everybody knows uh, Faustino. Um, a label.
Yeah, it's a, it's a big label and well-known. Come back to the wine. The colour again, the nose, the palate. A deep ruby, red, sure. That's, a, that's a, a given, isn't it? Oh, that's a given. That's a given with your Tempranillo, bearing in mind that we also spoke about the oak. Yeah, a deep, deep uh, ruby red on that, uh, Jerry. Then on the nose, you're going to get the oak and vanilla, which will be fairly typical of uh, red wine that has been oaked for that Mm. length of time that 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 we spoke about 16 months um the the funny thing was when we first opened it, it the nose was quite shy but as we let it settle and decanted it um it, it just came out everything just started coming out mm. which was absolutely stunning on the palate very strong jerry but it's well balanced and it's got a long smooth silky finish it doesn't just disappear mm. It'll only disappear down the hatch. You'll like it that much. I'll tell you that for sure. Um, decanting at least 30 minutes. What do you mean by decanting? What is best to open Just, this bottle up into? Uh, if if you can get, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to say a jug of some sort, yeah. uh, Jerry. Um, just take it out of the bottle and decant it into whatever you have mm. handy. And the reason for that is, as we mentioned before, uh, air, oxygen, uh, when you're preserving wine, that's your biggest enemy. Mm. You don't want oxygen in. And yet, when you open the bottle like this and it's six years old, well wooded, that's what, exactly what you want. Yes. Just to air it and to get all the aromas flowing mm. again for you. So a nice glass jug with a wide rim, pour it into it, leave it there, and you can put it back into the bottle after that, yes, and serve it from the bottle. Uh, if you, if you have any left, yes. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I gave you the pass in front of goal there, and you put the ball in the net. Good man, Rick. Centre forward. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I take it: red meat, lamb, uh, b- b- beef, uh, spicy chicken, things like that. Yes. It definitely, Jerry. A lovely roast lamb or lamb chops, and yes, a touch of spiciness on the. On, on the chicken will just go lovely with it. it mm. It's strong enough to carry that and some mild cheese. And reminding listeners again, Faustino V, that's the V for five in Roman numerals, Faustino V, Reserva Rioja, it's Tempranillo 92% and Mazuela 8%, 2015 Tesco for a tenner. Rick, you've done real good. And just to say to listeners again, in moderation, with lots of water, to be enjoyed with food, do consume alcohol very carefully. We always say that again. Rick, brilliant. You'll be back to sort the Christmas for us, please, God. Oh, I'm on the trail, Johnny. <laughs> uh, Jerry, definitely, definitely. Great stuff, Rick. Thank you so much indeed. Have a nice weekend and we'll talk to you soon. You too, Jerry. Thank you. Take care, Rick Cronje there. What a brilliant guy he is. Bringing you a brilliant white and a red on late lunch to be enjoyed over the weekend and beyond. Our riddle on Friday. Mr Blue lives in a blue house. Mr Pink lives in a pink house. Mr Brown lives in the brown house. Who lives in the white house? Mr White, of course, lives in the white house. What kind of a crowd is it all? Sending me answers like Joe Biden and... The president, the president of the United States, Mr. White, lives in the White House. Only one person got that right. <laughs> got you, didn't I? No, I'm only joking. I'm only pulling your legs. I'm only pulling your legs. Honestly, 
It is, of course. Who lives in the White House? The President. The President of the United States. And winning our wee gift from Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this afternoon is Alicia. Alicia Chrysostomu, who lives in Bristol. She's from Trim, was born and reared there, living in Bristol now, listening to us every day. We'll get that over to you, Alicia. Lovely to hear from you on the show this afternoon. And thanks to everybody who joined in the fun with the riddle. Now, you do know my artists of the week are Fleetwood Mac. And, you know... I was reflecting on this. Even as the members of Fleetwood Mac age, you're supposed to get sense with age and mature. They never mellowed. In fact, their fights, bus stops and disagreements are never ending. Having got together again in 2014 and worked through the next three years, it was Lindsay Buckingham's turn to quit in 2018. And he filed a lawsuit against the others on a range of grounds. I was looking at them and some of them are laughable, to be honest with you, really. But look, a settlement was eventually reached and then with Mike Campbell, formerly from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, he was a guitarist, brilliant guy, and Neil Finn, of course, from Crowded House, both on board, the new Fleetwood Mac began and continued and does roll on at the moment. Isn't it amazing how the popularity has endured. An example being the album Rumours, charting again last year in October 2020. And listen to this, entering the USA top 10 with 31 million streams. It's incredible, isn't it? It's a fantastic album, it really is. 18 studio albums, 9 live, 23 compilations and 62 singles later. And they ain't finished yet by all accounts. But I conclude today with this one from Fleetwood Mac and Rumours, written by Lindsay Buckingham, yes, the self-same Lindsay Buckingham, about his breakup with fellow band member Stevie Nicks. Fleetwood Mac, my artist of the week. Go Your Own Way, bringing the curtain down on the story and music on your late lunch. And I will have a new Artist of the Week for you next week. God, I've gone all year, every single week with an artist, haven't I? And I could go another year, to be honest with you as well. But we're shaking it up for 22, I promise you, on late lunch. We always do. Anyway, our final break of the week. We can nearly see the shore now. The ship is sailing towards the shore for the weekend on late lunch. But before we jump off the ship... And enjoy ourselves Saturday, Sunday. We have a thing to do, as we do always at this time on Late Lunch on Friday. We're going to look ahead to the weekend in sport with our man David Sheehan. Friday afternoon, time for a look at the weekend in sport, as usual, with our presenter of Sunday Sport, David Sheehan. Hi, David. How you doing, Jerry? Good to have you with us again on the show. Let's begin with soccer today and the Premier League. And really at this stage, and it's early doors still, but it looks like one from Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea to win the title. Liverpool play Southampton this weekend at home in Anfield. We'll give them the win there. But let's talk about the other two. Two mouth-watering ties. Man City against West Ham is the earlier game on Sunday. How do you see this one going? Yeah, I mean, West Ham have been in flying form uh, this season so far, currently sitting in fourth place. I mean, you'd have to, you'd probably have to give the the, the bet, the the win to Manchester City on this one if you had to put money on it. But West Ham have been in such good form at the moment. We saw them beat Liverpool a few weeks ago. Uh, they really have their tails up now. Whether over the course of the season they'll be able to maintain that, you'd have to fancy that they'd slip away. But 
I think Manchester City, you'd have to fancy Manchester City at home to win that game. As you said, it looks like it's going to be a three-horse race. It would be great for the neutrals if West Ham could stay in that top four and, and get into the Champions League next year, but uh, I have a feeling they might just fade a little bit. But there's not a whole lot underneath them to, to worry them at the moment, so who knows, but I certainly think City will get the better of them this weekend. Oh, they were superb against Paris Saint-Germain in the Champions League. It was a terrific game there midweek. Now, the other big one this weekend, and it is a biggie, and it's a clash of the Germans in terms of management, it looks like. Anyway, Chelsea welcome Manchester United. Will Ralph Ragnick uh, be in there as manager to take on what you would call perhaps one of his students, Thomas Tuchel, the Chelsea manager? From what I heard this morning uh, on a few reports and reading a few articles about it, it appears he won't actually take charge until Monday morning. But, you know, that's what we're told. Whether he'll have any input in what goes on on Sunday, I'd be surprised if he didn't. Uh, It would be foolish to not use someone of his experience to at least if Michael Carrick can, you know, pick his brains on what way he should set up. And as you said there, Thomas Tuchel, a student of his, so maybe he'll have a, a little bit of an edge, psychological edge on what Tuchel might try and do and how to stifle that. But it's going to be an interesting one. Um, it'll be interesting to see if United can kind of turn things around a little bit. They'll probably go there and just try and keep it tight and maybe get a, get out with a draw. But the way they've been performing of late has been so poor, they really need to start turning things around. But I, I expect that they will. I, I just don't know if it'll happen this Sunday. I think it might be a bit soon for them. I think Chelsea are are in good form at the moment and I, I'd expect Chelsea to, to beat Manchester United but it'll be really interesting to see how Ralph Rangnick turns this around if he can indeed turn it around in the coming weeks. Let's bring it all back home and it is the final hurrah for the League of Ireland season. The first big game of the weekend and there's two is the promotion relegation playoff and it sees Waterford take on UCD for the final place in the Premier League next season. Now what do you say about Waterford? What turmoil there's been in the last week. Mark Bircham sacked a new manager in with only three days to prepare the team and on the other hand UCD always a young eager side under the guidance of the wonderful Andy Myler. It's been an incredible week, even by League of Ireland standards, Jerry. And you've seen plenty of it over the years in terms of what goes on. But, you know, Mark Bertram puts up a, a, a statement on Twitter the other day saying that he's been suspended from the dugout from, for this weekend's game, for tonight's game, after a difference of opinion over text message, not even by phone call with the owner. And then within an hour or so of that, um, the, the club are putting up a statement to say that he's been relieved of his duties, essentially sacked. So absolutely incredible stuff. The most important game in, in Waterford's recent history uh, in terms of the league the league position and everything else. So just hard to credit, really, that they would do something like this. And he was on Talks Board yesterday. You may have seen this, uh, Mark Bertram, and he claimed that one of the reasons for the tension between him and the owner was that Mark Bertram wouldn't play the owner's son uh, in the team and, and said that he wasn't part of his plans for next year. That's, that's seemingly part of it, which, is, if it's true, is the most League of Ireland thing I've ever heard in my life. But Waterford, for all that, there's a lot of experience in that squad. Um, they've got four guys back from suspension today. Uh, Dara Power, John Martin, Jack Stafford and Greg Halford who are all back. They've got the likes of Brian Murphy and, and as I said, Halford as well, a hugely experienced player. I, I'm just not sure if that sacking will impact them that much because there's a lot of experience, as I say, in the dressing room. I would expect them to have just enough quality to get past UCD. Not with, not with much despair, as you said. UCD have some great players. Colin Whelan, for one, who's been really uh, making a name for himself and I expect he might move on soon. But, I think Waterford will just have enough to get through this one. Certainly won't be helped by what's happened this week, but they have a lot of experience in that dressing room and I think they'll be able to put that management issue to one side and get through this one-off game and, and secure their position in the Premier Division for next season. 
The Blue Ribband final, the FAI Cup, sees an all-Dublin affair this year. Bohemians take on St. Patrick's Athletic. Pats have secured their European place for next season through the league. Uh, the pressure's on Bohemians because if they lose the Cup final, they have no European football. Yeah, and I saw Keith Long being asked about that. Keith Long, who incidentally is suspended from the game at the weekend, won't be able to sit in the dugout at the Aviva Stadium, which is maybe a little bit of a strange one. You would imagine the FAI might have had it. Uh, some sort of a moratorium around that, but um, he won't be on the on the touchline. But he'll be obviously in the ground. I'm sure he'll be getting instructions to his team in some shape or form. But yeah, pressure. You know, he is denied that the pressure is on Bose to get this win. Of course, he would say that. But uh, it looks like a mouthwatering final. I mean, it's unusual, Jerry, for me not to be up in the Aviva on FAI Cup final day because Dundalk have been perennial contenders for the last how many years? This say six, seven years. They're they're in that final, and we're always up there doing the show from the Aviva. But a novel final this time around, and probably two of the most entertaining sides to watch in the league. I mean, there's been very little to choose between them this season. Pats have two wins. There was a win for Bowes and there was a draw. If you actually net up all the goals, Pats have a 7-6 aggregate uh, lead there. So it's been very tight between them. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting final. John Mountney, former Dundalk man, of course, who has won the FAI Cup uh, on several occasions in the past. He misses out with a knee injury. Um, I think I'm just going to give the nod to Bohemians here. They've got a few players who may be playing their last game. Ross Tierney definitely will. He's going to Motherwell. And then Keith Buckley and Georgie Kelly both, both linked with moves away. I think it might just be the last draft of those players. And that's kind of the reason I, I'm going to give them the nod. It should be a cracking game. We're looking at it, possibly a record attendance over 40,000 at it. So um, it should be a great game and a great showpiece for Irish uh, football, domestic football. And I'm just going to give Bose a, a hesitant nod on this one. And on to Gaelic games now. And on Sunday and Sunday sport, the big game sees Dunboyne ladies take on Tinnahealy from Wicklow in the Leinster Senior Championship. These two sides know each other. They met in the intermediate semi-final a few years ago and Dunboyne got out of that one just about with a narrow win. And when you look at the form coming into this game, both of these sides put up big performances and put up big results and scores indeed in the semi in the quarterfinals. Tinnahealy had a 4-14 to 1-5 win over St. Connors. Dunboyne beat Milltown 3-16 to 1-7. It's down in Wicklow. All things would point to this being a really tight game. Um, it's, it's a really hard one to call, Jerry. I mean, you know, I'm not going to pretend to sit here and pretend that I know a huge amount about Tina Healy, but looking at that game in the quarter final, they scored, as I said, 4 14, six different players. Got on the score sheet. Laura Hogan got 1 9, so she's somebody that Dunboyne have to keep a, going to keep a close eye on. Uh, it's a really tough one to call. I, I, I'm going to give Dunboyne, just, just from the loyalty perspective, the, the nod here, but it's going to be a really tight one, I would say. And uh, if they get out of that one, they'll be doing really well and they'd be, they'll have earned their place in, in the final, no doubt about it, if they can come through that one. They certainly will. Until next week, round about the same time, David Sheehan, thank you so much. Thanks, Sherry. David Sheehan there looking ahead to the action this weekend, uh, bringing the curtain down on late lunch for another week. A few days to go in December and then we're really into the Christmas spirit. Anyway, thank you to all our guests who joined us during the week. Really appreciate it. To you, our listeners who are with us every day and participate in this show in various forms. We love your company. Thanks indeed. And to my producer, Louise Walsh. Thanks a million, Louise. Couldn't do this without her. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with The Drive here on LMFM Radio. Radio, and we'll be back with a brand new week of late lunch from Monday at 1.30. In the meantime, take care this weekend. Mind yourselves. Have a good one. See you Monday. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. Drawed out and Dog and Cabin. Order your new Dacia Duster or the all-new Dacia Sendero and Stepway. Guaranteed delivery and low-rate APR finance. Visit blackstonemotors.ie. 
the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 